I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and good morning. I hope you guys are having a wonderful start to your day. Maybe it's afternoon. Maybe it's already Sunday, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from today. But all I got to know, all I got to tell you is that when that first cup of coffee hits and you're ready to do a podcast, oh, it is a great feeling. And especially when you have just an amazing guest, wonderfully talented, amazing. Uh, We have an author, songwriter, educator that is very passionate as far as reaching out to children and maximizing their imaginations. So today I have the honor of introducing to you all, in case you may not know who he is, Mr. Dennis Matthew. Dennis, how are you doing on this beautiful morning? Good, brother. Glad to be with you on a Saturday with my massive flask with no lid. I'm just, I knew I just, I was not, I was, I was not going to put, put that lid on top of it. I knew I was going to chug all of it. So uh, hi, Josh. I see you. Buenos dias to you too. Um, yeah. Um, lo- love, love being on here with you. I've heard great things about you. The minute um, you started posting links about our show together, uh, my friends, our mutual friends and um, new friends started commenting, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great show. So um, definitely excited to be here with you, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited. I know you were with Rochelle and, uh, you know, and Rochelle is amazing too. And, you know, so that's wonderful. So I'm glad that, you know, I have the opportunity also to have you on the show. And I just want to give a big shout out to Mr. Josh Tovar, you know, who's joining us and he'll be a guest later on next, uh, this coming month, actually. So I'm really excited to have Josh here too, as well. So it's great when we have, you know, current guests and future guests all on the same show, interacting with one another. And that's wonderful. So Dennis, let's, let's get, let's get to know you a little bit more for our audience members again, who may not be familiar with your work or for those that are, but just give us a little introduction as far as your context in education. And if you can add, my friend, one interesting fact about you that people may not know. Yeah, so uh, Dennis Matthew, I am based in Oklahoma City right now. My um, background in education is I am a speech pathologist. Uh, I'm a speech therapist here in Mustang, Oklahoma. Uh, place I call my home. Um, this is my 15th year in education. Um, and what got me into education is a love for children. Um, I grew up, uh, just from a very young age, I grew up in church um, and in youth programs and whatnot, just being involved in kids ministry, youth ministry. And it just made sense that my career should be um, an extension of, of my passions, my love. Uh, and then out of that education journey, out of that journey in education, which has lasted over a decade by the grace of God, uh, my authorship has also evolved. Um, and, and the saga continues, the journey continues, not perfect by any means, but just uh, learning every day, just being a student of life every day. Um, interesting fact, I would say, is I, um, I'm of uh, South Indian descent. Um, so my wonderful, beautiful, hardworking parents uh, moved to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, in the 1970s as immigrants seeking work. And I was born in Abu Dhabi, the capital of the United Arab Emirates. And again, because they wanted a better life for me and my sister, uh, they left everything in the UAE after being there for 25 plus years. They wanted to start over and they came to uh, Mustang, Oklahoma. And in 2000, um, and we started a new life here in the United States. We became citizens. So uh, that's an interesting fact that that we've uh, traveled the world to get to where we are. And my mother um, just recently retired after being a nurse for 40 years. So uh, both my dad and mom are uh, retired now. Uh, my sister and I are very thankful for their hard work. And um, now they get to just relax and watch my little daughter and take care of her and my sister's son. So that's that's the interesting uh, fact about me. We've kind of been all over the world in a sense to uh, get to where we are right now. 
Wow, that is definitely very interesting, Dennis. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that and your background. And most importantly, like I can already hear, you know, just your your passion for education. And like you said, working with youth and doing ministry. And so I think that, like you said, you know, your your passion has collided in the sense of of your work and you're mixing those two. And that's something interesting that we talked about uh, last week's episode with uh, Mike Earnshaw and Josh Buckley and how to find what you're passionate about and bring it into and integrate it into your work. And that's why I could definitely see just that amazing joy and just that glow that you have in working with children. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm inspired just listening to that short story and just what we're going to get into. So let's talk a little bit more about you as far as your, your context in education. Uh, I always love to start by letting our audience members get to know our guests and really just to hear their story of maybe where there was that one teacher or that one fork in the road or that one moment where they said, you know what, education, that's where I want to go. So tell us a little bit about where that, I guess that spark to go into education came from. Yeah, I thought, I thought education would be a great place and a great avenue for me to help um, children find their voice. Um, and when I when I find helping kiddos find their voice um, or helping kiddos find the best expressions of themselves in whatever avenue that is, whether that's technology, music, art, literature, dance, whatever uh, community, helping children find the best expressions of who they are, who they are designed and meant to be has has been uh, my life song. That's that's uh, my drumbeat, so to speak. And where that comes from is I, I always go back to um, little Dennis Matthew. I go back to the child Dennis Matthew. Uh, hi, Amanda. Good morning. Uh, I always go to little Dennis Matthew and how important it was for him for his voice to be heard. And growing up back in the 80s, right, education in the 80s is by no means what education is today. Uh, we just went to school because our parents went to, uh, told us to go to school and that's what we needed to do. And my dad and mom were like, I better not get a call from, you know, Miss So-and-so, your job is to go, to go to school and work hard. Uh, dad and mom's jo job is to go to uh, work and work hard. So, you know, education is just what we were supposed to do as children. But and, and, you know, with with health things that I was dealing with as a child and um, in, in so many ways, I felt like I was a, a social misfit. I struggled with academics. I struggled with finding friends. I always you know had this question of, man, Dennis, who are you? And so I felt like it was a struggle for me to find the best expression of who I was. And it has taken the last you know, I'm 39 years old. I feel like it has taken four decades to to bring a manifestation of some sort of, oh, okay, these are my gifts. This is what I'm good at. Because I really struggled with low self-esteem and self-doubt and all of that going through my elementary school years, middle school years, because I wasn't great at sports or, you know, um, I wasn't, um, you know, the most popular kid or whatever. So I always, you know, my, my quest all throughout life has been, dude, what, what's in you? What gifts have been deposited in you? What can you give to the world? And so that journey has been a, a four decade journey. And so especially, you know, so, so that kind of pushed me into education because I was like, man, I, want, I don't want children to struggle with what I had to go through as, as a young child, wondering who am I on the inside? I wanna help kiddos find their voice. I wanna help children find the best expressions of who they are, right? So I, I think that kind of got me into children's ministry, youth ministry, then evolved into it was time for, you know, going to college and finding a full-time job to support a family. And I was like, I kid you not, I first, like every other, you know, I don't wanna, I shouldn't say every other, but like most Indian families, my family said, you know, maybe you should go into medicine or maybe you should go into pharmacy or, or maybe you should go into uh, computer science. And I kid you not, I flunked every subject in every single one of those majors in college. I struggled in computer science because I'm not a machine savvy person. I wasn't, I should say. Um, pharmacy did not, you know, uh, the pharmacy major did not resonate with me because I wasn't into like studying about, you know, uh, like medicine and, you know, like uh, experiments and all that. I knew deep down I was wired to work with people. People are my, my jam. I love 
uh, you know, building community, building relationships, getting to know people. So that was just like, man, is there a career where I could, you know, bring my passions and for lack of a better word, monetize it? Is there any way I could live in my passions and still bring an income from that? And so the, the common sense answer seemed like education. You love children, Dennis. You love helping kiddos find their voice. Education makes sense. Um, and I knew uh, and then, you know, and I knew that um, the classroom scenario is, is not where I was best gifted. I wanted to be a specialist that especially worked in niche areas, so to speak. And uh, that's what kind of got me to explore speech pathology. And I love that the kiddos that sit with me in my room for therapy are children that really struggle with figuring out, man, I can't speak clearly, or man, I stutter, or man, I can't process questions well. Is there something wrong with me? Like, can somebody help me? Like, I love that those are the kiddos that I get to work with, and those are the kiddos I get to empower and build confidence in, and say, listen, just because you you know need to work on a few other areas, that doesn't minimize or diminish all the other the plethora of beautiful things that there are about who you are, right? And in so many ways, when I'm talking to them, what I'm tapping into is old Dennis, young Dennis Matthew. That's where I'm going in my mind. I'm speaking to that young kid as I'm, for lack of a better word, ministering or you know, serving or teaching my little ones who sit in front of me. Because I see that young Dennis Matthew in my students. So my childhood has fueled my journey into education, into speech pathology, and I feel like it's all linked up. And now to even get more fine-tuned, it has kind of channeled my authorship as well. So I feel like all of my journey in education is about helping children find their voice. And by that, I mean, I mean, literally this last week, I had a little girl who, you know, how, who has a, a language delay who I work with. I asked her a question. I kid you not out of her mouth. She's maybe seven years old. She literally sat in front of me and she said, I'm not smart. The seven year old girl. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, baby, that is so not true. There are so many beautiful things about you. And I went on and on and on and on and on about the beautiful things I saw about this little girl. And I said, Listen, never in my room should I ever hear that sentence come out of your mouth because yes, you need help with a few things just like Mr. Matthew needs help with 50,000 things. But hey, we all need help on so many things, but that doesn't mean we don't have good things that we're really good at. So I encourage that young lady, young lady, seven years old, little girl, little student of mine to never say that she wasn't smart. So our little ones say those you know, negative things about themselves over their lives. Even our little ones do that. So it is it is our job as educators to go into that mantra that's in their mind and break that cycle, so to speak, and say, oh, no, 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 no. You are meant for greater things, right? And that's what I mean by helping even little ones, helping our students, helping our children find the best expressions of who they are meant to be, who they are now, finding their voice. So that's that's my mission in education, and I do that as a speech pathologist and an author in this current season. Man, Man that is amazing. amazing. You know, that is, that wonderful. is wonderful. I'm so thankful for your passion, your heart, what you just shared right now. You can definitely, you know, just feel just an amazing presence, and I'm just so thankful for what you're doing, especially, like you said, amplifying student voice letting them be heard, helping them through. And more than more importantly, like you said, you just always revert back to your former self, your old self, to bring back that knowledge. You tap into that and you just embrace the students that are in front of you and you build them up. And man, that is just amazing. So it's I, I, like I'm speechless right now because I'm so pumped up and so uh, just excited and just really just taken in by what you've had to share. And the constant is the passion. Like I can see it. I can hear it in your voice. I can definitely tell that you're genuine and authentic. And of course, like you said, that definitely led into now your uh, your authorship and now even being able to extend your reach to so many more children. And we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second, but also just a, a little bit more background, you know, coming up and, and knowing that this is where you wanted to go into. You know, I wanted to ask, you know, who have been the 
maybe the two most influential people that, you know, that you've had in your life to help you be where you're at today? So I always, when I think of teachers, I always think of um, my math teacher, I want to say in second grade or third grade uh, in the United, United Arab Emirates. Man, I was, I was, if I was in your class, I was that behavior child um, that, that consumed most of your time. Um, I had a teacher who I remember um, was all about tough love. She had tough expectations for me. I shouldn't say tough expectations, but high expectations or high, you know, she, she, she made sure that um, I delivered on the terms of whatever she needed to me, needed for me to, needed to do, needed me to do as a student. But at the same time, I remember at the end of every day, uh, when we would leave, she would stand at the door and she would hug every child. And I got a hug too. Um, and I remember as a second grade student that no matter what the details, the ins and outs of the day looked like, even if Dennis Matthew, eight-year-old Dennis Matthew was acting up in class and she had to give me consequences, yada, yada, yada. I knew no matter what, the steady constant was when I was at that door to leave for the day, I got a hug from her and then I love you. So I knew that motherly constant nurture was there even as part of that tough love. Um, and that's that's that was how my parents raised me too. So it was almost like the classroom was an ex extension of the home. It was a constant. Um, and I knew that, uh, you know, Miss Matthews uh, talked to my dad and mom constantly about, like there was a steady communication between my parents and the classroom teacher. So I knew I could not fool either party as an eight-year-old. Um, so I just knew that there was tough, firm, nurturing love waiting for me at home and the classroom. Uh, and then I, I remember in sixth grade, there was another teacher who really won my heart. Um, her approach was completely different. Um, she was not tough or firm, but gentle and loving. So the constant though, in the, both of those scenarios, this teacher's name was Pramila. Um, and so you had Miss Matthews for me in second grade, or I want to say it was second grade. And then uh, Miss Pramila uh, in sixth grade, both in the UAE, both very loving teachers who took two different approaches to me. And I think the key there was discernment, uh, like meeting a student in the season that they are in, knowing how to adapt. And I think I can tell you as a therapist, um, I have made the mistake many times where I start a session and I miss to discern the student of where he or she is. Like we are, so I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if classroom teachers do this, but maybe you do. Um, we have a certain agenda and a lesson plan and, and a focus that we're trying to get a job done for the day. And in the meanwhile, in, 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 the, in the process of uh, informing and informing and informing and informing, we forget to, we, we miss where the child is in that particular day, right? Uh, who knows what has gone on, at, gone on at home? Who knows what personal issues the child is dealing with? So I think the reason why those two teachers were able to get through to me is because they were very discerning. And based on their discernment, they were able to adapt their relationship building styles. And once that relationship built was built, they could then teach me, right? And a lot of times I feel, I, I'll speak for myself, I can tell you a lot of times I've, I've put information in front of relationship building, right? I've put, I've put rigor uh, in front of uh, relationship building and I've missed the moment, so to speak. And so I think I'm, I'm just now, 15th year in my career, uh, connection before content, yes, Josh. Um, um, you know, so I wanna say in my 15th year, I think I'm, I'm finally maturing as a professional to understand, be discerning real time, just know where a child is and adapt your style, right? Um, but I'm thankful I'm, I'm getting there finally uh, because I think for the last decade and a half or so, it's just always been, I'm the professional. I know how to fix whatever the child needs fixing with, right? And it's just, I've got 30 minutes. I need to get my job done to move on to the next session. But I missed that moment to connect with the child. And so I think now I'm, I think the journey is finally humbling me to, realize it, it it really is you know it really makes a difference to take the time to be discerning of the child and make take the time to make that connection and just meet the student where they are at 
uh, like Josh just said in his comment. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the other thought I had the other day was, you know, we're more than individuals who just inform because there's kids can get on Google and get information, right? We're there to do more than inf inform. We're even there to do more than inspire. All right, just to get them hyped up about their future. So we're we're more than in, like just informers. We're more than people who just inspire. I think we're in the business of making an impartation. That's what I really want to hang my hat on. And to impart means to give of yourself, right? To give of what you have built on the inside, right? And we cannot impart out of emptiness or a void. So it's very important that we make sure that we are feeding ourselves, nourishing ourselves, making sure that we are the kind of quality people who can then give out of our abundance to the children that are sitting in front of us. If we are empty on the inside, if we have not read up, if we do, I mean, let's talk self-care, we'll go there. Like if we have not taken whatever, if we have not done whatever we need to do to, to really fill ourselves up care for ourselves then when our children are sitting in front of us we have we have to give out of emptiness and that's usually where frustrations um come up right so i think when we give of our abundance when we give of ourselves we we don't just when our student and then when, when our students leave our room they don't just leave with inspiration they don't just leave with information they leave with an impartation they leave with uh, you know, ingredients for a better character, ingredients for becoming better citizens, ingredients for becoming better professionals in the future, leaving with invaluables like, uh, you know, sticking to commitments, a, a, a hard work ethic, keeping your promise, loyalty. Those, those valuables are taught when we impart of ourselves into our children. Well, Mr. Matthew, why are you so faithfully showing up for my sessions? Why do you constantly tell, tell me that you love me so much, right? Uh, and then having that child down the road make the connection of, man, it was so important to Mr. Matthew to consistently, faithfully remind me every day, no matter how I performed in speech, it was important for him beyond that, beyond my performance in speech to remind me that I was so important and so valuable to him and that he loved me, right? That was more important to Mr. Matthew. And so that when I'm when I constantly tell my children I love you all so much, go out and have the best day. I'm imparting consistent, constant uh, love for them, and I think that gives them the ingredient of like, oh man, I'm more than just a student who does X, Y, and Z for my educators. I'm becoming a better person who can go change the world. So I think impartation is super important. We can't impart give of our abundance, give of ourselves if we ourselves are empty as human beings, right? So all that to say, take the time to like make sure that we as educators are full on the inside. I hope I'm not rambling there. I hope I'm making sense. Uh, go ahead. No, no, that was absolutely just on point. Like a lot of the stuff that you hit on, I mean, it just really resonated with me when I was in the classroom for 11 years, you know, prior to this position. I mean, that's what it was all about. You know, Dennis, you hit on so many things. You know, it's all about relationships. We're, we're in the people business. And like you said, you know, and I'm going to bring up uh, Josh's comment that he said here. It says, you need to connect with kids because kids do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so it is crucial, like Josh says here, to make those connections. And I think the, for, I think a lot of teachers, like you said, we do have that agenda. We have our lesson plan. We have to do this and meet certain things. But I feel when I was in the classroom, that was secondary in the sense that I needed to know where my kids were at that day. And understanding, to, and I guess I don't know if that came from my business background as I came in from industry into the classroom, but it was all about, you know, personalized learning, customer service, knowing my customers. So I always took it at the time, I took the time or invested the time at the beginning of the year and every day to know where my students were at. So that would make me a better teacher in the sense of, okay, I know that, you know, Juan you know, is having a little bit of trouble this morning. Let me see how I can still teach my lesson, but still reach out to him, but give him 
or, you know, give, you know, Lily what they needed that day, whether it was, you know, just encouragement, whether it was just giving them their space, but just really meeting them where they were at. And of course, making them feel that, hey, you know, you do matter and you're important to me. And I want to make sure that you're you're well in my class, because, again, that that's what that was just in my heart, you know, being that that servant in that way and that servant leader just wanted my students to just have the best time of their life in the classroom and leaving out of there saying, oh, man, I want to be back. I can't wait for tomorrow because Mr. Mendoza is going to be doing this and much like you described. And so I definitely identify myself with what you said. And I know that there are many wonderful fine educators that are out there that do this day in and day out and give of themselves and impart that joy. And and that's my friend, Joe Dubois, you know, yes, Dubois, yes, you yes, know yes, yes. imparted joy, you know, so it, it's wonderful, man. Thank you so much for sharing that because that, that's definitely very important. And another key thing that you hit on, it's we need to be full. We as educators need to be full before, you know, we go in there into the classroom because I believe that right now a lot of teachers may be burnt out. You know, they're running on empty, that fuel tank. And like you said, you know, out of there, you know, you get those frustrations, you get all those feelings and making it hard on yourself and, and just that negativity. And the kids feed off of that, what you're, you're sharing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if this matters, but one little thing that I do every day, very, very intentionally, whether a child is my student or not, I am really big on eye contact. Um, uh, I mean, just walking down the hallway, if there's a child um, just passing, I I make sure that I am waiting for their eye contact. Uh, if they don't give me eye contact, I just say good morning, how are you, and I just. I want, I want, I want, I'm, I'm very intentional about being on their radar. Uh, even if they're not welcoming an interaction, at the very least, I'll greet them and let them go their way. But if, you know, my eyes are always ready with with, with uh, students and grownups, I'm always looking for eye contact. Uh, because when the eyes meet, um, you know, on, on many levels, we tell our fellow human beings, I see you, you have been seen, uh, right? And a lot of times, the eyes are very telling. Um, you know, um, if I if I see a child with sad eyes, I'll ask them, "Hey, you okay? Like your eyes are red. You, did you not get enough sleep?" Right? Uh, instead of just like passing them in the hallway, like ships passing each other at night, right? Um, and you, I, I don't know. Like, yes, I have a master's degree in speech pathology, um, but beyond all those complex, you know, like degrees and years of education and all the technicalities that have accumulated over the decade and a half or whatever, little things like making eye contact, giving a fist bump to a child or waving from a distance and socially distancing, you know, uh, the era that we're in or smiling, just asking, how are you doing? Or if I'm passing them in the hallway and kiddos are lined up in the hallway having breakfast, you know, uh, just saying, okay, quickly eat your breakfast. Your teacher's waiting for you. Making that, interaction even if it's just for a second just to let children know you matter no matter where you are in life whatever your story will end up being you matter because you are you like you matter and i think that's my song my life's song and that also matters when it comes to my coworkers. um in so many ways grown-ups have not left i'm a big believer in this in so many ways, grown-ups have not left their childhood. Um, we live out, you know, we're still living out remnants of whatever we've been given, remnants of whatever we've gone through as children. There is a reason why Mr. Mendoza is behind a mic talking to a guy from Oklahoma City. There's a reason why Josh is on our conversation chiming in. Like, we're all tapping into something to manifest who we are in present day, right? And so, um, even so, even with my coworkers, when I'm done with my day, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to paint this. Ooh, Dennis Matthews a saint kind of picture. That's not what I'm saying. But those are the little things that I do that build relationships with both children and grownups. So when I'm done with my day and I'm closing my office and I'm my my office at the head of the hallway, 
My car's on the other side of the building. I literally have to pass every classroom in my hallway to leave the building and get to my car. And I make sure that if there's a teacher in the room, good night, Razor, good night, Barreras, good night, Amy, good night, Cap, just making sure that I wish them well, right? Those personal connections. Or if I see a teacher just burnt out, checking in saying, yo, you good? You, you doing okay? You need anything? Um, the other day, by the grace of God, I knew a teacher was had a long day. I texted her. I was just like, you know what? Tomorrow I have some availability in my schedule. I need to get some paperwork done. Can I just do it in your room? Why don't you take a break? Um, and um, I gave her an extra break and, and she gave her as a reward. She gave her students an indoor recess because it was like blazing hot outside in Oklahoma. So the kids could not go out anyways. And so uh, she gave an extra extension to her, her recess as a reward for, for our kiddos, indoor recess. And I said, you know what? Why don't you get out of the classroom? You've had a long day. I need to get some paperwork done. I'll come into your room with my laptop and I'll just be working at your desk. I'll keep an eye on your kids. You go out and have, you leave the room and take 45 minutes to yourself. But, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to take credit because, because I'm a person of faith. I'm not going to take credit for that. That, that was, that was the goodness of God to like help me pay attention to that teacher. But I saw her taking her kids to essentials and I texted her. I was just like, you okay? Like you look worn out. And she was like, Dennis, it's been a long day. And the, the only reason why I was able to do that is because I paid attention to her eyes. Her eyes said that she was burned out and I knew she desperately needed a break. Uh, now, this is also a teacher that I've had differences of opinion with in the past about many things. So when I was able to be present for her in her moment of need, I was telling her many things without telling her many things. I was telling her, regardless of our difference of opinion about other things outside of education, you as a human being matter to me. I can tell that you are at the end of your rope with 20 something children in your room. You getting a break is important to me, right? So looking at her eyes and in a moment of a, of a busy day is what woke that up in me. Does that make sense? Yes. So just being there for the, the way that I'm there for my coworkers is very, very similar in so many ways to how I'm there for my children, for my, for my, for my students. So there's, it's, it's not something relationship building is not, is not different with adults than children. It's just being there for people and paying attention. So all that to say, I do something as little as paying attention to someone's eyes, whether it's a child or my coworker to check in on them, right? Um, yeah, that's. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, if there are educators out there that are wondering, man, I don't know how to build relationships with my students. I just wanted to throw that out there. I just know that eye contact, looking for, you know, looking for eye, eye contact. Um, hi, AJ. Um, being intentional with eye contact has really helped me in building bridges with both both my students and my coworkers. Maybe that was just me rambling on, but <laughs> I wanted to kind of just No, man, not at all. Like this is these are things that are so important and I just like to welcome AJ. Thank you AJ for joining us this morning. Uh, my great friend AJ says no matter with who, it is important to it is important and will build relationships with uh Build bridges, sorry. Yeah, and build relationships. I know AJ is real big on relationships as he is what I like to call a teacher straighter. Uh, he he is a new vice principal, but he definitely has a teacher's heart and he's still teaching no matter well, he's a vice principal, but that's why I just call him a, a teacher straighter because he's still that, that administrator slash teacher. Uh. So, yeah, so thank you so much for joining, AJ. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, Dennis, like we can definitely do a part two about this and everything, but let's, let's talk a little bit about now your authorship, you know, your books. Now we've talked about, and we can hear and we can see your passion just for reaching out. And so I want to talk about your books that you have out. And I have put the website on our chat booksbydennis.com. And I see here that you've got four books that are out. Tell us where that 
again, that authorship, that that purpose came from, you know, and then, of course, talk to us about the books that you have out and the resources and what you do now as well, aside from being a speech pathologist, as as if you don't already have enough on your plate with that. But now this outreach and being able to reach out to more students to help maximize their imaginations. Yeah. So um, educators are my family, man. Like when I when I talk to educators, um, I think a lot of educators that that know me will say Dennis always calls me brother. Dennis always calls me sister. Um, and that's just how I address my fellow educators, because I just I just feel um, educators are a part of my family, that that we're we're siblings in, 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 in a common cause, which is reaching children. Um, and so this this authorship venture kind of came out again as an extension of helping children find their voice. And I can tell you that what I tap into when I write my books is really my childhood. Um, and so, you know, um, I don't know if you saw my post last night, uh, my brand new book, I'm, I'm out of my little, um, oh, my author's copy or whatever, because I gave it to my art teacher. She's creating some content for me. Um, but my brand new book that just came out um, in May, um, has already has like 6,000 copies in pre-order and um, I'm going to be getting about 6,000 copies coming in from China this week. And as soon as they arrive, I'm going to be taking about a month to autograph all those books and send them across the country and it'll be time to um, place another order. But yeah, I've got three books out and a music album. I've got, I've got two of my book babies right here. Um, I've got Bello, the cello, and my wild first day of school. And really, the messages of my book go back into my own childhood experience. So Bello, the cello, is about a little cello um, that goes to school, and he's struggling to find his song. He's struggling to find his voice. He's struggling to understand why his song is different than the songs of the other instruments in his classroom. Um, where does that come from? That is my childhood story. Um, growing up, I just wondered, man, Dennis, are you good at anything? Did, did God put any gifts in you? Are you going to make a difference in the world? That question haunted me all through elementary, middle school, high school. Um, and in 2017 is when just life circumstances happening. I was actually unemployed, could not find work as an educator. We were in the Boston area. Pressure kind of produced purpose. And so it kind of forced me to just, because I had nothing else going on, I was just like, well, fine, I have the story in my head that's been in my mind for a decade. Let me just sit down and write. Uh, and uh, thanks to Atmosphere Publishing, I finally got it out January of 2019. Fast forward to, what are we, September in 2021. I think we're sitting at around 12,000 copies distributed. 12 to 13,000 copies distributed in public schools all across this country, uh, just tapping into my childhood, tapping into something that I had to deal with and overcome. Uh, the second book is my wild first day of school. Why did I write this one? Because I was a wild child. And I dedicated this to my beautiful, amazing, sweet parents who had their hands full. If I was in your classroom, I, I took, I consumed your day. Uh, so you know, you had to be gifted to be a teacher for Dennis Matthews. So I was a wild child. And so um, my wild first day of school is all about encouraging children that are scared about the first day of school to seize the moment, you know, just close your eyes and just go for it. Take risks, healthy risks, um, risks that are good for your future, i.e. risks for building risks in the area of trying new things, building relationships, being bold and courageous to try, you know, uh, try new experiences. That's what my wild first day of school is about. How Grizzly found gratitude. Uh, thank you, AJ. Um, um, how Grizzly found gratitude is all about how can a person use gratitude to help themselves overcome traumatic experiences. Uh, and this is more so tapping into. I've got the concept for the story tapping into what I was dealing with as a grown-up living in Boston. Um, I was going through many transitions, moving from Oklahoma to Boston, and gratitude with the help of community, gratitude is what got me through uh, all those curveballs I was dealing with. So how Grizzly Found Gratitude is about, you know, helping children deal with transitions, 
by harnessing gratitude, by harnessing gratefulness, uh, by harnessing thankfulness. So um, collectively, since you know becoming an author about two and a half years ago, I think I think by the end of this year, by the grace of God, I will have distributed around thirty thousand uh, of my books into public schools all across this country, and there is no major publishing house backing me. I don't have a literary agent. Nobody's making calls for me, nothing. Um, I, again, I, uh, by the grace of God, I'm just a believer in hard work, uh, just putting my head down and just grinding it out. Um, I, I feel like, you know, children are waiting for my stories to get to them. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like there are children in the future waiting to have a copy of Bello the Cello, waiting for a copy of My Wild First Day of School. And I kind of feel like I'm a missionary trying to get my books that empower children into their hands. I want kiddos to be able to open these books and say, oh, wow, if Mr. Matthew, a person of color, um, can come from India to the U.S., go through this the immigrant experience, uh, and now he is um, an author. If Mr. Matthew can go through that at the age of 40, then I can also pursue my um, heart's dreams and and you know, be become, you know, become my, my best self. That sounds so cliche, um, but I feel like that's the process I am in. Um, I'm always, I'm always thinking about what will your legacy be, Dennis? Like you get one life to live, you're coming up on 40 and I'm looking at the next 40 years and I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to do if God will give me the, the, the blessing of being alive for 40 more years? What am I going to do for them with the next four uh, four decades? Because so so that's kind of how I map my life out, and so I want I want every moment to matter, uh, especially because you know I'm, I'm a husband and I'm a father to a two and a half year old daughter. I want her to know, man, dad was not perfect by any means. Dad had so many things he was working on, even as a grown up, he was working on things. He was working on himself but it was so important for him to make every moment matter. And so, so much, you know, when, when people ask me, what's your driving force? Like what keeps you going? I always say my wife and my daughter are big inspirations. My girls, like, you know what I mean? So much is about them. And it's about things that I've gone through as a childhood, so in my childhood. So all that to say, I don't want my educators, my, my brothers and sisters in this cause to leave out their personal lives in the quest of reaching children. Bring your whole self into the classroom. Children need to see the real you. If a student asks you, are you okay, Mr. Matthew? Mr. Matthew has to be real enough to say, baby, I'm not having a good day, but it's okay. I'm gonna get through it. So that little Johnny or little Susie can see, oh, my teacher is not perfect. I thought my teacher was Superman. I guess he's not but he is still persisting through hardship to reach me. That's that impartation that I was talking about earlier. So then when little John or little Susie goes through whatever, they can say, you know what, it's a bad day, but Mr. Matthew survived his bad day and he still showed up for work. I guess I can do the same, right? That's impartation. That's building endurance into our children beyond three plus two is equal to five. And right, we are imparters. We are in the business of making impartations rather than just information. Once you make great deposits, great impartations, and that relationship is built, information you can dispense. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. So um, that's where my authorship is. Um, just bringing real, true stories of my life uh, to children in the form of stories. And I'm also a singer-songwriter. Emotions are really big for me. My songs are very raw and real. Uh, so when I do author visits across the country, um, I do these virtual shows just like this, just like the one we're on right now. And I, they're like virtual concerts, man. I open up with my guitar and I just rock out. I sing a song called What's Bothering You that kids love. Um, there's another song that I sing called A Place to Belong that children love. There's a song called Let's Roar on which I rap. So if people go to booksbydennis.bandcamp.com, booksbydennis.bandcamp.com, the title song is Let's Roar. I took a risk. I was like, man, I know there's rap in me. I want, I want to just go for it. So I just got in the studio and just went for it. And it turned out really good. It's a it's a rock rap song called Let's Roar. It's it's a favorite of a lot of children. So 
yeah, man, I, I feel like even at 40, 50, 60, 70, you can you can realize the dreams that you had as a seven year old, as a eight as an eight year old. Um, I don't want our educators to completely lose their childhood. Harness the joys that you had in your childhood and live it out in your classroom uh, with your students. That's where education becomes lively and engaging and joyful to our children when they when they see that. Oh man, Mr. Matthew or Miss Mr. Mendoza or Mr. Tovar or Mr. AJ brings joy into our building that joy lives like as we grow up because you know grown-ups get so complicated with bills and and testing and assessment and and schedules and agenda a lot of times we lit we leave our childhood we leave the little treasures of joy and messiness and coloring outside the lines like you know taking risks we we abandon that to like take on rules and agenda and schedule and assessment and bills and, you know, right. All of those things matter, but let's also keep our childhood. Let's bring the treasures of our childhood into all of this stuff so that we can, in the end, win kids. Right. Um, that was a really long answer to your simple <laughs> question of, Hey man, tell me a little bit about your book. So. No, but you, you definitely hit on a lot of things that I would have asked about anyway. I mean, you talked about your book. You talked about the virtual visits, the the way that you interact with students still even virtually or in person, you know, singing songs and the way that you just describe this really, like you said, you know, this, this is definitely your mission. This is your calling. This is, you know, what has been given to you, this wonderful gift of connecting with other children and making them see like you said i mean it the, the same dream that you described if mr matthew can do this from moving and the immigrant experience and being able to do this and get a master's degree working as a speech pathologist being in education writing a book you know having a family and still being able to do this you know that is definitely motivating and and i think you know you hit on a lot of things it, it, this is why i do what i do as well you know living that experience with my parents and having to work hard and just you know let's let's grind it out and we're going to move forward and we're going to push and that's the same that's the same reason that I'm behind a microphone yes. but more than anything because I want to learn from other people because you know I want to hear their stories because I know that I have a story but I want people like you said you know this show is always a spotlight to connect educators creators to collaborate someday but most importantly hear their stories because this is inspiring to other teachers that are out there that may be having a hard time. This is inspiring, you know, for teachers, counselors to say, hey, this Dennis Matthew, look at what he's doing. He's maximizing imaginations. He's giving uh, amplifying student voice, choice, creativity, all of those things. Hey, let's call him up. Let's see what we can do. Maybe we can do an author visit and things of that sort. And then you're reaching out and and you're just pouring your heart out. And that's what I love. Like you said, that that impartation, you're investing, you're giving of yourself, of your experience to every child, every ear, every eye that is there watching. And they're living, they're leaving with a sense of, hey, I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay. And somebody here showed me that I am going to be okay as long as I just keep being persistent, continue moving forward. And I'm going to find my song too. And yes, and that that's what I love, Dennis. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you being here and sharing. And uh, most definitely, I, I would definitely love to have another part two with this show. We'll definitely schedule that for a later time because I know you just have so much in your heart to share that we can continue talking more and more. But again, thank you so much for sharing. And what I'm going to do here also is I'm going to go ahead and put your website up here so people know booksbydennis.com. Visit the website here. You will be able to find, of course, you'll, you'll know a little bit more about Dennis. You can visit the store here as well, where you will be able to find, you know, the, you know, talking about Bella the cello, how Grizzly found gratitude, my wild first day of school. You've got curriculum links here too, as well. Uh, guys, the testimonials seriously are no joke. You know, this is one of the things, you know, that I got to read and I got to read these wonderful letters from all of these wonderful schools. And again, if, if you're not a believer as far as, you know, the impact that Dennis can have for your district through the opportunity of an author visit or getting the books, 
please go and read these testimonials. They're, they are just wonderful and amazing. And they just are a testimony, uh, you know, of w the great work that uh, my great friend here, Dennis, is uh, sharing and bringing out to everybody. And of course, you can find the contact links up here where you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please make sure that you do visit his site and, you know, just plan an author visit for your kiddos, whether you're one library or a whole district all at once. I mean, definitely be worth it for you for sure, as you can hear his passion for, you know, reaching out to students as well. Well, Dennis, before we wrap up, I always like to kind of end just kind of a, on a little lighter note and just give some questions to our audience members here where they can kind of just, you know, see, get their thought process, uh, maybe a little bit more spontaneous. But if Dennis Matthew can have one billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? So the billboard would say this, this phrase has been on my heart this whole week, lead the one, lead the one. I think my billboard would say lead the one because when we think of, when we think of leadership, we always think about, not always, but at least for me, the picture that comes to my mind is a leader being at the head of something and leading a mass, speaking to a mass of people. And so this week, What's really been on my heart is lead the one child that's in front of you, right? Um, what heart shifts, heart changes can you make by leading the one that is front of you? Because that one could possibly go on and change the world because of how you led him or her. So being faithful to disciple, lead the one person, if you don't have 50 people in front of you, don't get bummed out. How could you lead the one that's in front of you? That's That could be talking to a father who has one child at home, the mother that has one child at home, the speech therapist that just has to worry about, I don't want to say just has to worry about, but the speech therapist that has one kid in front of her at a time or one kid in front of him at a time. Um, so lead the one like you would lead 50,000, right? Pour the passion that you would pour into 50,000 into the one. What would that result look like, right? That energy, what would it look like? Um, so I would say it would be lead the one. Yeah. Man, that Cause, is wonderful. Because that person could be the one. I don't know what he or she could go and do, maybe find a cure for something, invent the next whatever, right? But treat the one that's sitting in front of you like he or she is the one, right? That you need to like absolutely pour your heart into and lead. So I think my billboard would say lead the one. Yeah, <laughs> that is wonderful, man. I love that. That's definitely great because like you said, you just don't know whether it's 50, whether it's one, but that one person can also connect to a multitude of other people as well. And again, it, it's just that that connection. It just continues to go. That investment is there, the, that impartation lives on and it just continues to connect other people. And that's wonderful, man. That's amazing. Uh, next question for you, my friend, currently in, of course, our, our state of education, our landscape has changed significantly, of course, in the last 18 months, now going on a little bit longer, but what would you say would be your edu kryptonite, your edu kryptonite? What kind of weakens you right now, as far as what you're seeing in education? Oh man, uh, I would say specifically with this season that we're in, educators not having the needed technological resources that I that they need to reach kiddos, especially when children are not in the rooms physically and they are uh, home, and we have to rely on paper packets uh, and not actually being there, even if it's virtually face to face. Um, so I, I feel like teachers, educators, not having the needed, um, technological resources to reach their children in this season, uh, especially with COVID going on, I would say that, that bums me out when I hear teachers say, we don't have, we only have one, whatever, to an entire classroom to a 20, you know, to 25 kids or whatever. Uh, I would say that, um, and, and that's specifically speaking to this particular season that we're in, right? Um, 
the day that we are over COVID, it might be something else. But I feel like, especially in this era, where even now school districts are playing it day to day, do we need to be virtual? Do we need to be in person? Are we doing a mask mandate? Right. I feel like we really need to get our educators the uh, technology that they need um, to reach to reach children, give them the tools that they need. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And my final question, my friend, if you and I were to switch roles and this was your podcast, what would be one question you'd like to ask me? Holy moly. Um, let's keep it simple. I would say um, no. I guess it's not simple. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do with it? I guess it would be my question. Wow. If I had all the money in the world, what would I do? I guess hmm. I would just share it. I mean, the, there isn't any need for, from in my eyes, there isn't any need for anybody to be without a home, go hungry or not have basic necessities. So if I had all the money in the world, why not split it evenly? live a life where everybody is has their basic needs met there are no children that are going hungry there are no children that are wondering where their next meal may come from there are no parents that may wonder where their next you know paycheck is coming from to pay the bills and things of that sort and i mean that's what i would love i would love to see where we can all just just man you really got me there <laughs> well i would say i would even say I would even yeah. say, knowing my ed tech life, I think yeah. if you had all the money in the world, I think you would make sure that, every, kind of piggybacking on my last answer, mm -hmm. I think you would make sure every educator, educator had all the technology, techno, technological resources that they needed to reach kids, right? Yeah. Money wouldn't be a deterring factor, right? Yeah, I, I, knowing your heart, I think you would make sure teachers were taken care of from yeah. that no, and most definitely, like, especially educators, I want to take care of all my educator friends, you know, oh. just make sure they have everything facilitated to them that, that burnout would not even exist. Like that wouldn't even be a word or a phrase or anything. And that the students would definitely just continue to grow and have every opportunity. Like, and I'm talking like every student would have the opportunity to just be able to have everything like the same the, the their needs as far as schooling is concerned and you know just to have that wonderful glorious society that is perfect where everybody can just get along to as well and you know i, I would love that my friend i mean it's just a it's something amazing but like you said even that even then it could just be by leading the one that can somebody else can also just continue to add to that and just bring that message across and work together towards that end goal and you never know. We may see it in our lifetime. We may not see it in our lifetime, but it's definitely something that I would love to see. Well, Dennis, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your heart. You're definitely, your heart definitely shows the, the grace that God has given you and the gift that God has given you is just amazing. And I'm just so thankful for you being here on this show sharing your passion and i'm excited to see what dennis matthew will continue to do in the future as you continue to reach out to students giving them their voice amplifying their voice and i'm just really excited so thank you so much for joining us this morning i appreciate you my friend thank you brother thanks for having me on your platform i uh thank you aj um thank you for having me uh on your platform allowing me to kind of stand on what you've built to kind of get my voice out there. I really appreciate you. Yes, sir. Anytime. And again, you are now, well, you've, like I, everybody, I call them my PLF, my personal learning family. And so you're always welcome to come back because you are family. And again, you know, that goes to everybody, you know, that's been on the show before and who will be in the show after. But now you're part of that learning family that I get to pick your brain, get to reach out to you, learn from, and just to continue to build that wonderful family of educators and ed practitioners that are out there trying to make a difference for everybody, teachers and students alike. So thank you so much. And all my friends, thank you. I really appreciate you being here live with us today. If you're going to catch us on the replay, you know where to find us. Just go to myedtech.life. This episode will be up shortly. Please make sure that you drop us a line, give us a review, let us know what we're doing. I really appreciate your feedback because I'm always looking to give you the best of me 
every single Saturday, every single episode. So let us know what we're doing well, what we may not be doing well. And again, it's all great. It, I, I take it and I roll with it. So again, my goal is just to make this the best, best, best episodes, best shows, best platform for you to come and just get to know our wonderful educators personally, professionally, and of course, just to hear their passions. So again, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you being here. AJ, Amanda, Josh, thank you so much for participating in the chat. And again, my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie, my friends. Peace out.